0: An, or, an Orthodox or edition of uh, Dr. Sue's Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Stuart Fishbein, community-based practicing obstetrician, still licensed in California, and longtime advocate for bird choices. <laughs> and I'm here, as usual, with my best co-host in the business Hello. and uh, the, the entire production crew of Dr. Sue's Podcast, who just about tripped over her, uh, her cord. <laughs> Bliss John.
1: We're a little
2: bit of a mess today. We are a mess. <laughs> yeah. We're
0: getting it together though, it's right? okay? Yeah, totally. am going to try to get Bliss in here. No, no. I can make that bigger, I think, but I don't know how to make it. Bigger. I can't get
1: you in mine either. I think it's okay. Let's just focus on that.
3: Okay. okay. We can get you in, Stu. For sure we can. Okay, so this Bliss, is uh,
0: Fireside Chat uh, on the road number one, or Fireside Chat number 12, or podcast number 169. Yeah. Season, season, uh, like low, I don't know. Okay. We got we got a lot of different things now because COVID has just thrown everything yeah. under the rug. First of all, to vacation.
1: Oh, it's starting starting right
0: now. now. Starting <laughs> after <laughs> this.
2: Yeah. Hey, vacation. Yeah, wait, wait First, First right two, now, not right. me, by the way.
0: Some of us have to work. So Bliss, why don't you? Um, uh, people really don't want to hear about my day today.
1: We don't. You
0: don't want to talk about your day? I could. Well, how much time do you want me to waste on my day?
1: Five minutes.
0: Okay. My day started really, if really you great. You don't go out will talk about my day. No. Well, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to get to your day in a second. So my day started really interesting. I did a Zoom meeting with two um, uh, administrative people from Ohio this morning at seven thirty this morning my time. Um, there's a county in Ohio that only has one hospital, and they're very rigid about things, and they're trying to start a birth center there, and they contacted me. Because they saw me on Julie Sawala's. Um, so why? <laughs> <laughs> so why is? Um, He's just started drinking. By the way.
1: Birth Center
0: uh, a podcast, and uh, we talked for about forty-five minutes this morning about ways in, in getting things started. There are things that they they can do. So that was an interesting way to get things started. Then I drove to my office and I saw a woman who's breech, and I tried to do an external version. Wow! What time is that? Nine thirty. And uh, it was—we really worked hard, and it was not successful. Mm. She has a septum in her uterus, and we thought we could get by it. And she'd been seeing Dr. Berlin.
1: We love Dr. Berlin,
0: and uh, he had worked on her and loosened her up, and she tolerated it great. She, she was a trooper because I really cranked on. Her. I even had her husband give me put a hand on and help with the feet a little bit, wow. which were stuck up in the corner, and it, and it just would not go. And then uh, the baby was back down transverse lie when I was done. I couldn't get it to go any further, so I had to actually put the ba- make the baby breech again. And then we did it. Let
1: me just put you back.
0: I had to put him, Yeah, <laughs> I had to put him back. And then it was a non-stress test afterwards. And then the they left, and I had another client come in for a twenty-week ultrasound, and uh, that was then. And then we finished that. And then my student drove me out to Thousand Oaks, so I could drop my car off. Because I'm leaving tomorrow on a four thousand mile.
2: Where are you going tomorrow?
0: I'm going to head to Sedona tomorrow, but mm. off to New Mexico and Utah, and Colorado. And so you decided where you're going to go because you said you were just out. the first couple days. Just the i fir- I'm just knowing where I'm headed tomorrow. But That's it's nice. Best. It's That's nice not having any agenda. When you, you know. don't
3: have an agenda, those trips are the best. Yeah,
0: and right now I don't think there's a problem finding places to stay. And worst case scenario, I have a tent and a sleeping bag, and I have uh, a car.
2: Adventure.
0: Adventure. Yeah, you know what? The first time I ever did a trip like this. Well, when I was young, we used to go up camping in the northern part of Minnesota, called the Boundary Waters, and we'd go canoe camping and stuff like that. And then, and then, um, 1978, when I finished college before I started medical school, I took my little Chevy Nova and I traveled all through the Western States. I started in Minneapolis, drove all the way to Seattle, all the way down to LA, and all the way back. Through the Grand Canyon back to Minneapolis, 8,000 miles on my little Chevy Nova. Pull up in front of my mom's house when I got home, or my house when I got home, and I uh, had a flat tire. So my car had <laughs> given nice. out in the last, well, last it, second. It, it lasted got lucky, yeah. So I didn't want to do that this time, so I had to take my car in. So I went to Thousand Oaks take my car in. My student followed me, and then we went back all the way back to Bliss's house and spent the next three and a half hours, well, you guys did, um, taking NRP, which is neonatal resuscitation class and learned some uh, really good stuff. Some really good stuff, bought some new equipment.
1: I was saying, I was really excited. So today I learned, I mean, I've learned this before, but every time you do it, you you might know this from being a dentist, like every time you learn something, you get like another layer of, right? Like deeper and deeper. So today we learned about putting in a main line into a baby's umbilical cord, giving them an IV and giving them epinephrine during a resuscitation.
0: Which which you will would, never do. <laughs>
1: right.
0: You'll never do. I it.
1: probably will never do that. But if I was out in the middle, like a rural area where a hospital was far, then I would have that. It's to good deal. to know how to
0: do that. Yeah. Last time when I took her class two years ago, yeah, I learned that sort of thing, and then I got crazy. I went out and I bought. A, I wanted to buy umbilical artery catheters. Yeah. But they only came in boxes of like a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so by the way, I have a. How oh could I won't buy any. I have a hundred umbilical artery catheters sitting <laughs> in my house someplace. Um, but
1: I always think about stuff like this and like we talked about the zombie apocalypse <laughs> like if there was a zombie apocalypse we would be be, we'd be able to. well we'd be like a, a <laughs> we, we would be have skills that a lot of other people wouldn't have but yeah. I don't know how many umbilical cord IVs we're gonna need in the zombie apocalypse but you know
0: you, you never know it well. well you never know I mean it's, <laughs> you know it's a problem is you, you in you're almost never without unless you're in the middle of nowhere, truly, you're almost never without a 911 sort of ambulance call. Right. right. Unless you're in an earthquake or a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Which we are closer to right now than we were <laughs> ever. Six <laughs> months ago. <laughs> never. Oh, right. Ever. I'm getting ready. Just so
1: you know, I'm preparing.
0: <laughs> right. And then, um, but meanwhile, I had a, I missed an hour and 40 minutes of the talk because I got a call from the California Medical Board because they were looking at a case of something that happened maybe two years ago where there was somebody who made an anonymous complaint about our care, my care, about it, but they didn't know who made the complaint or who the patient was, because it wasn't the patient or anybody that complained. So they don't, and I don't get to to see the, I don't get to see the complaint. (laughs) So So
1: she gave us a hard time. The,
0: The complaint was, it's not relevant. I mean, I'm gonna keep that off the thing, but the complaint was, well, it's, 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 you feel like a victim really when, when you're being accused of something, you don't know who the accuser is. The people accusing you of it don't know who the accuser is. They don't know who the person is that they said you did something wrong to, okay? And you're talking to
3: people who have no knowledge. So how does that conversation go? Because I mean, honestly- <laughs>
1: It took two like, hours. They call you and
3: they're like, um, we heard something. No, 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 it goes,
0: it goes like that. And then they had, they had two medical board doctors, none of whom are obese, who were asking me questions that are sort of concrete thinkers. They would like pull out an they, they, it's like they pulled out ACOG guidelines and they started asking me questions. They have no clue as to wow. how we practice right. or what we do. And these are the people sitting in judgment yeah. of us. That's I mean. And f- quite frankly, if any one of those doctors had been caring for a loved one of mine, I'd be frightened to death. But that's when they do that instead of actually
1: practice. So, right? Yeah, some be. of them some of them are
0: practicing, and that's part. They get paid by the board to do that. Because I know some midwives that work for the board and stuff like that. But the idea is that there's nobody out there that knows what I do. So to hold me to a standard that of ACOG's mm-hmm. hospital-based, they, I mean, they ask me questions. I can just tell you that they have no clue. Like they say, one of the questions she asked me was. When you're at home, how do you keep a sterile? How how do you keep it sterile? This is what they ask me. It's like I said. I said birthing isn't sterile. It's not like I'm taking surgery sterile. Yeah, and then my lawyer has to chime in and say, you know, he's not doing C sections at (laughs) home. Okay,
1: thank God. Right,
0: but but to them, a birth has to be like in a sterile situation with stirrups and drapes. And thing and iodine and all this. Stuff. That's how they picture birth, and anybody who does it otherwise is outside of their norm, and they're the ju- they sit and judge. It's really frightening.
2: Well, they make the public think that too, because I was really surprised that it's not like that. Yeah, and it was so beautiful that it was not
0: like that. Well, we can, well, let's let's. I'll finish my day real quickly. So and then I can't
2: wait to hear. Then I had to go back
0: out to the Thousand years. Oaks to get my car, <laughs> which was great. Now my car's all fixed and tuned up. Then I went to, to the horses because. Um, Dulce's insulin level was over 200, and anything over 40 is considered like really wow. bad in a horse. Wow. Wow. So now she's on a third medication. Wow. So I had, to get, I had to arrange with the people that are up there, they're gonna be taking care of her while I'm going. So she gets metformin, she gets thyroid, and she gets this now this diabetes, other diabetes medication. And it's really interesting because she got she gets a quarter of a pill. <laughs> so she gets this much, and she's a 850-pound horse. Wow. <laughs> Right? And so the volume of distribution in, in animals is completely different than, than, you know, than, you know, with pediatrics, they do it by baby's weight. But, you know, adults generally get one dose, is the same for a 200-pound person or a 300-pound person, get this pretty much the same dose. But for me, this is not okay on a horse, that's 850 pounds. And then I, so I stopped at the grocery store on the way up there because I had to pick up some apple cider vinegar and some peppermint for the other horse because that's a naturopathic way of keeping flies away from my horses to mix that into their mash, So I had to do that. And I took one of the covers that we used to cover the bed.
2: This is all today by
0: the way. Wow. Used to co- <laughs> I took one of the covers <laughs> that we used yeah, to cover baby, the bed, baby. the sheets, and I, I I had to buy a special hay for them though and that got delivered on a pallet. So now that now I had to cover that. Even though it's not going to rain, it's just better to keep it covered. But you can't keep it covered too tight or the mice get in there and then they set up shop. So, It's, you know, it's, it's all this stuff I'm learning. So then I drove back home. Then I had to stop back at my office because I left my watch at my office in the morning. And I had to fax my lawyer some documents that I used to inform consent because the medical board wants to see my documents. Then I came home, took care of things that all people do once or twice a day, maybe, (laughs) changed clothes and picked up Bliss, but except on the way to pick up Bliss, forgot my computer. Oops. And then yes. finally so got That's why we were remaining a bit late
1: because you had a monster right. day.
0: Right. So that was my that was my day. And then as soon as we're done here, maybe we're going to go grab a bite to eat. Yeah. And then I am going to go uh, home and get ready to take off tomorrow morning. Nice. So, i do to
1: introduce well,
0: our guest. You introduce our guests. No,
1: they're your clients. You <laughs> oh, introduce <okay>. our guests. <laughs> All right.
0: So, speaking of uh, birth and and seeing things a different way. Um, we were here doing our postpartum visit, when was it last week? Uh, like our six week? Was it our? The, the, you came four, 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 week, four weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah, like four weeks. a four week postpartum oh, no, just, visit and we decided I mean, that, I mean, that it was just a, a whim that we would have you on podcast because you had a life-changing experience with your home birth and uh, so I have Masa and Ben Javed here and um, <laughs> why don't you tell them a little bit about who you are, your experience, uh, ben is a holistic dentist.
1: Who just worked on my son, by the way, and was, did a great job. And We were talking about that, too, at the office. He kept showing me pictures and being like, oh, she really has ben, like, ben, a Ben's, oh yeah. experience. I'm like, come on the podcast! And it's Ben's so
0: practice good. is up in uh, Valencia, in the New Hall, that area. Yeah. And so we hooked him up with um, our friend Renee and the Santa Clarita Valley Birth Center, and he's got now a yeah. sort of collaborative thing going on. There aren't too many holy, holistic dentists, and there certainly aren't very many up in... Uh, up in Santa Clarita. There's none
3: over there I I except for us, but uh, not too many all over all the over LA area. Only a few of us in general. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the birth a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. first, introduce a little bit about who you are and yeah. well, both uh, of you. Uh, <laughs> well, um, it's all Hi, about Massa. Masa.
2: So. I am a mother of three now. Um, it's amazing. Uh, my first two births were that I had them in the hospital. I always wanted a natural birth. I never thought I would have a home birth, but with this whole COVID thing, I decided um, with Ben, of course, uh, that this was what we wanted to do. We wanted to make sure that it's about us, uh, our kids, um, and we didn't want to lose touch with the, uh, the the natural birth, not having interventions. And we thought with COVID in the picture, I mean, we probably had lost that opportunity. So we decided to uh, well, it's go to home
3: birth. When we were, um, you know, the, the background here is that we're, we're both very natural holistic minded people. Um, and uh, I, before even each other, she used to go to a holistic dentist before even she met me. Meant to be. Yeah,
1: seriously. Yeah, I mean, and, so many
0: people actually go to holistic dentist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, say, I frankly had not really heard of one. Yeah. Even with my in, your in touch in your with my world. community, you probably
3: heard of them, but I haven't. yeah, but they're hard to find. Yeah,
2: yeah they're really hard to find. So.
3: so um, so you know, our family was, was very just natural-based, whatever is the most natural way of doing anything. Even though she's a pharmacist, <laughs> she is against medications, she's always mm-hmm. about whatever, whatever we do, can we do the most natural way possible. So, what we found was when we went to the hospital and uh to have our babies. You know, obviously we were getting pushed to do things different than our birth plan, which was doing it in the most natural possible way. So um, whether it's, you know, trying to push the or, you know, whatever else that was, that's part of the system to get you in and get you out. I yeah. feel like in the hospital and make it as productive as possible and maybe get a C-section out of the situation and all that. But for us, it was more, you know, what, what can we do is the most natural way as possible because that's how we live our life at home. Uh, then, of course, that spilled over to my practice that I can talk about a little bit later and how, you know, I practice dentistry as far as being as, as natural as possible. Um, but yeah, so the first few times, it was just like, it was like a struggle and of, of us trying to do it naturally and, and without anything and getting, at the same time, getting pushback from the, you know, the doctors and nurses. Why, why, why? Even from before, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you put yourself through that? You know, how many times did you hear that from both doctors, all the
2: doctors? Like without know. an
3: epidural. The yeah, an
0: home birth had never entered your mind.
2: I just we never. thought about it. it. A bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just thought I could, okay, I'll go to the hospital and do it naturally. But I didn't realize that they, it's not really welcome. Like this one. And a lot of the physicians, nurses, I mean, the, the nurses, I should say, they're. I feel like they're not even trained maybe to see or don't get a chance to see women in natural labor to see the, the mm-hmm. stages so they
0: mm-hmm. don't they they, ne- at they, all. they don't, not in training and certainly almost never in practice oh, yes. because um, doctors use the hospital and the hospital facility as sort of, for lack of a better term, like babysitters or whatever else, They're the hospital takes care of them and the, des- the system is designed to get them there at the last minute catch the baby, write the orders, do a repair if necessary, and then see you the next day, and then see you in six weeks.
2: And that's sort of how it works. Yes. And I hate to say it, it was obvious. It was very obvious to us that that's what it was like. So it was kind of a turn off. But we never thought about really doing a home birth because we don't know anyone that's done a home birth.
3: <laughs> Literally. And we <laughs> didn't No, one, really no friends, them. no family, mm-hmm. no one. And we're like outliers, you know? And we started telling people, we do want to do a home birth. They're like, actually our parents were all for it they weren't like mm-hmm. you know they're like yeah that's great that's wonderful and they were for it because they thought it was a good idea or because of covid or what
0: was. well
2: crazy? my mom says she was really scared and she wasn't getting sleep at night at all but she never told me that she looked after, a little nervous yeah she said she was yeah. like really nervous about yeah. this because i guess there's this netflix um serial called the midwives
0: Call the midwife. Call the midwife. And yeah. she watched
2: that and she said all those scenarios were going through her mind every night and she thought this is going to be like a disaster. But she never it's a great ever show, told the like, I'm story. so yeah. proud of her. Yeah. Yeah. Never ever like, yeah,
3: no, saying She, anything. Didn't, show at she all. didn't show it My all. parents were like, oh, great. You know? <laughs> but but yeah, so I mean, for us, we were both in the mindset like, just like the other birds, we, were, we knew 100% with all of our being that everything's going to go smoothly and everything's going to be great. And with this one, it was no different. We knew with all of our being and we both, like, it wasn't like we had to convince each other about it or anything like that. Just the concept of things going wrong was not even in the, in the picture, you know, in our mind. So we, we knew we had a great team, um, and we knew that, you know, we felt very confident um, in NASA being the wonderful brother, right? You guys saw she is, and she's she's yeah. such an amazing trooper. Um, she She's, I mean... She has so much courage, I feel like. She's honestly, I'm very, very proud of her. I I've told her many times about, you know, like at work, I talk to my patients about this a lot of times. You know, I had a baby, oh congratulations. And, and then they say, how's he how do you do it with COVID? What, what happened? How was it in the hospital? And, and whenever I tell people, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we did it uh, at home. And then you get kind of different reactions yeah. to that. And then some people are like, wonderful, I did it too, or oh, I've heard this. But other people are like, Really? Weren't you scared? You know, you get all that. You think as a holistic dentist
0: though, you get a skewed population of people who might be a little bit more uh,
3: open-minded. Definitely. I mean, there's a the holistic-minded population in the office, but then there is the general population in the office too. So it's not only holistic patients that are in the office. So um, so you get that variety of reactions, but most, most part it was just very positive and very interested in what it's like. And then when I told them, they are like, what? There was." In the water really? We've heard about these things. <laughs> yeah, the Kardashians do that or something, you know? <laughs> so it was like all those kinds of reactions and, and, and but it, the number one thing um women say, and even today actually someone said that, one of my patients said it's like wow, your wife must be so courageous. Like she's I like more power to her. Like I would love to do that maybe someday. Or you know, those kinds of reactions is is very common and I tell them yes, she is, and I I always do my best to always remind her how pretty she is and she's, she's a powerful woman.
2: I honestly felt like I had a really good team. I told you. Like I felt so comfortable. Yeah, I did. So, so comfortable in your hair. I never questioned anything you told me. I felt like, I mean, I was like, felt so safe, honestly. It, it couldn't have been better. The one thing I wasn't sure about is the the water. World. I didn't know if I wanted to do that. But if anyone's on the fence about that, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's amazing. I think Bliss told me like just just have it there and, mm-hmm. and you can you can see if you want to do it or not. It was the best thing ever. What did you like about it? Once I got I mean, I remember being in so much pain and I got into the water and it was just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I all the pain. I don't know. Somehow it just all got dissolved into the water. Yeah, it was the aqua It was yeah. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so, so great.
0: and you and you uh, you you took off really quickly there too. So oh, you yeah. things were happening really fast. Labor, yeah. labor
1: contractions. Yeah. yeah. When we got here, you were still smiling. Uh-huh. a lot, By the way, <laughs> yeah. you were, were, were chatty gonna... and
0: talking in between contractions. You were. Yeah. So we lot. weren't sure. We were looking at each other like, uh oh, like, we're
1: gonna you know, be
2: here
0: all night.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we thought a little early but yeah. Yeah. you know I, he I made heard. me call he made me I mean, call you guys so I was well, like i don't right. to just come here and be annoyed <laughs> no. i'm have not experience. gonna call them and he's like no you need to call them i know you
3: <laughs> well i have experience after two already i yeah. know how fast she goes and you know <laughs> based on like how she's acting and how, how far like how she generally goes and and every time actually both other births too it was like i, I had a good sense of when was
2: yeah you really did and yeah. Again, How I, long were
3: you in the water before the baby came?
2: Uh, like five minutes? one push, Yeah. <laughs> not long, yeah. but I remember getting we, we, in the there. The tub
0: wasn't even full enough. <laughs> no. I think we were working we and trying was to fill it up. Yeah, we were you trying to fill it up. come, come, man. I remember getting you nervous.
1: nervous. I had you doing something. I went something. to go get
0: a towel or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then you, and, you, and did you climb in? Yeah, I climbed in. Yeah, he climbed in and you, you essentially caught
3: your Yeah, your thing. it felt like a boy doll coming like I'm like, is this real? Is this, real is this really happening it was just like wow it's amazing
2: yeah the water birth was amazing amazing i i will never forget that feeling of just like you loosen up and just i don't know it was it was surreal it was really amazing yeah i really really loved it so
1: ben was telling me that he felt like you have just had like a like a spiritual or a transformational experience from, from making this choice. Do you want to share more with our, with us in the audience about like, what, what does that look like in real
2: life? I mean, I just was amazed what the body can do. if just left mm. alone mm. and in peace and just to be patient and let it, the, the, miracle of birthing just made me, I feel like even a better mother. I feel like I'm better to my baby and more patient. Mm. I feel like just patience and the uh, security you get within yourself is, is really what I gained from it. And mm. I, I feel like I'll carry that forever. I feel so empowered and so amazed by my body, really by you by it, myself. It's you. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It really is an amazing thing. And the yeah. energy of this house has changed mm. from this oh. day. It's unbelievable. Mm. I never left here and suddenly I had a baby girl. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it's amazing.
3: Suddenly. Real real suddenly. <laughs> no, but I can attest to that because, um, I mean, she has really um, gone to a new level of, of just Spiritual existence, I feel like honestly, and it's like she's really um, has become so. <laughs> just I mean, from the time the baby was born till right now, we're standing here. She just she's just so at peace with everything that's going on constantly. Uh, and in the past, she a lot of times she struggles against things, and she but but like she's gone to a new level of just accepting Acceptance. and and just being at one with everything that's happening. Whatever's happening is fine and and that's part of becoming, you know, the next level, like spiritually, you know, more awake. I feel like really it's it's that experience was just a transformative experience, really. You know, I need
0: to, I I it's so important for me to hear you say this because I will tell you it's and especially today after today's experience, you can scroll on the left there list. This
1: um, yeah, thing, we're doing the video thing. No, not that
0: part. No oh, I guess no, nobody's commenting or we're not getting not. any comments. No. but oh, we lost the video again.
1: But it was fine last time.
0: Oh, I did it again? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. fine. It's still recording. Yeah. Um, it, couldn't, it couldn't have come at a better time because of, uh, as I said before, today's phone conversation with these people from the medical board, how every question they asked was a fear based question. What if? What would you do if? How can you possibly do this? How do you control this? You know, what, what you know? What do you do about this? And they, they, and they, and and I literally think that they they had never really heard about the midwifery model and the informed consent model, hmm. which is they, all they, medicine. Is they, they, they asked, they they asked literally asked me a question. So when the when the paramedics came, all right, when or not the specific because I didn't remember the specific case, but when they. When they when when you call the paramedics and you send them away, and I said when the paramedics come, I'm not the one that sends them away. Mm-hmm. Well, aren't you the doctor? And I go, yeah, but I give my patients the information, and then they will decide whether they want to have their baby or their mother or the mother go with the ambulance, or we think that things by the time since they since we called them eight minutes ago, things have now stabilized and they don't need to go anywhere. And that's ultimately the choice of the mother. Well, if the baby is seizing, would you not tell the parents? Well, yeah, I mean, if the baby is seizing, that's a different story. But if the baby is not seizing, or the baby is breathing fine, or the mother's bleeding has stopped, all right, the decision about whether to go with the paramedics or not isn't mine right to make. And they could not wrap their hands, they could not wrap their their, their minds around that. They, they kept quoting, like rigid ACOG stuff. They call ACOG the Bible.
1: Wow. <laughs> yes.
0: ACOG is the Bible. And I go, no, it's not. And then they quoted something about home birth with ACOG. You know, doesn't ACOG just, uh, not recommend home birth? And I said, yeah. And if you look at their recommendation, it's based entirely on a paper by a researcher named Jack Wax, which is the paper has been refuted. Terribly, they don't know any of this stuff. I said, by the way, you know, I've written, I've written a book and three articles. Have you, have you bothered to even look at them? No. Okay. They, it's, it's, it's. It, they're there. It's sort of, you know, I, I, it's sort of like they're there to find that you find something wrong. All right. They're there to judge you by a standard of which you don't live by. And it's frustrating. So when I hear you talk about this. They, if they were to listen to your, they would, one, they would think you're out of your mind. Right. Right. Two, they For would sure. not be able, they would not be able to process it. But me, I've, I've fortunately been able to go through this transition from a resident that was trained in that medical model and came out thinking I knew everything. To over the 30, 35th year of practice now, where uh, I look at things entirely differently. And your experience, when I hear you describe it to me, is the epiphany of, of why I do, why we do, what we do. It's the best. Okay, <laughs> to give you an experience like that, and the response from these doctors and well, other well, what if? But I say, well, I say, with the home birth system—it doesn't happen. The what ifs don't happen, but rarely, far less common than they happen in the hospital. And then they talked about informed consent and they wanted to see my informed consents, and I couldn't help myself. I said, by the way, when you have somebody in the hospital, do you inform them that they have a three times higher rate of C-section if they just walk in the door than they do if they're at home? Do you inform them of the risks of an epidural or of a hepatitis vaccine? Or do you just tell them that it's necessary? I mean, and I know that I'm talking to the wall. I am. So I do what I do and I'll do it for as long as I can do it. But I'm 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 telling you the forces against women's choices in California. At least one of the doctors actually praised me for what I do and said, uh, you know, we want to honor women's choices and we do believe that home birth is is a reasonable is you know is is something that women should have the choice of. So that we're not here to condemn that. As opposed to the other doctor was there to condemn that.
1: I love that they they're two men. Two women. Well, there were two women.
0: Two women doctors.
1: Okay. I was just like, I, I just, the, the whole thing about like giving people, giving women permission to be able to have their babies where they want to, like the fact that we think as government or doctors or midwives oh, or there's, whoever, there's, that we should be able to give you the right to make a decision on where you deliver your baby is just insane. It's insane, there's, really. There's no, it.
0: there's no, there's um, no patent on, or a or, or, uh, monopoly on patroni- patronization. From male physicians, I mean, women physicians, as you we've talked about many times on the podcast, can be just as nasty yeah. and just as rigid yeah. as it's, a male physician. I mean, yeah.
3: coming from the dental perspective, medicine, the medical world in general is just, you know, you know what you know from your schooling, you know, and you go to dental school or medical school, and you guys, everyone knows, they they teach you a certain model, and it's in the box, and there's only one way to do things. And anything outside of that is completely wrong or off the wall, like and you can it, get in trouble. Yeah, and, and, and there's no other way. This is the only way, and there's the only way. But you know, of course, nature is not that way. Uh, and you know, I'm sure a lot of people think that you know, there's things that I do in my practice that are, you know, people that are in, in dental school will go, oh, that's BS. I mean, still, people in dental school are teaching mercury fillings to so do mercury fillings. I mean. Uh, and to to say, I mean, just recently, they're still I had, teaching mercury. Yeah. Uh, just recently, I had posted um, something about mercury fillings on social media, and there's some dentists that came and said, "This is all BS." There's nothing wrong with mercury fillings. Now, at this point, still, I mean, it's if just, you
1: have medical and you go to the dentist, yeah, they're going to give you mercury.
3: They're going to give you mercury. Fillings.
1: Right. And you can't get anesthesia. Yeah. To do your dental. Well, it interesting. Like the though, discussion sure I had
0: with these two women from, from, uh, yeah, uh, from Ohio home. this morning was the same sort of thing. You know, the, the Medi Cal physicians, and I mean the Medi Cal patients, and especially women of color in Ohio, the outcomes are, are much worse. And they were, we were trying to figure out how we can deal with that. And I, I said, you know, I, I don't know how you can deal with that sort of thing, but I, I do understand that it's, it's also not just a color issue, it's also a socioeconomic issue. All right? poor people are going to get shitty health care and the system is designed to give them shitty health care because it doesn't pay well for anybody to do anything and the midwife model would give those prenatal, those women prenatal care that would help keep them healthy And, and it won't. And then you told me a story when we were chatting the other day about how, you know, you saw a client who was told by somebody that they need a root canal. Yeah. Right and you told them whatever else, and it's like, yeah, maybe someday down the road they might need a root canal, but but right now, and they're doing fine,
3: right? Well, again, part of the holistic model is that um, you know less treatment is possible, you know, and root canals in particular have been, there's more and more information out there that says that, you know, ultimately they're leaking bacteria in your new system. Uh, and, you know, that's not what we learned, like talking about what we learned in dental school. That's not what we learned in dental school. We learned, dental school, we've we said, and we, we, if you do a root canal, as long as it's done with, according to what the system says you should do, you should do it. There's a 98% chance of success. Now, in practice, you know, uh, I've seen so many root canals that are failing, and not necessarily, you know, just because the patient's in pain. but A lot of times, we'll, we can take certain scans and CT scans, and so on, and so see there's lesions around these root canals. Uh, and it's just—it's a shame. So we, we want to avoid root canals as much as possible, uh, because it's another source of infection in the body. Ultimately, um, one of the examples of, at a holistic meeting, the doctor told me it was really interesting. They said if if you have a dead limb that's gone black, you don't keep it. Uh, you know, in a root canal, when you actually when you when, when you do a root canal, the tooth actually goes black. That actually happens because the blood supply is diminished significantly like by 90 percent um so overall we want to avoid root canal so when the pa- patient came in uh, as Stu said the other right now uh you know patient came in and said you know what i want to get another second opinion i know you're a holistic dentist i want to see what you think about it and the symptoms were not even there even the symptoms by the standards of the dental school symptoms like we're not really there to do a, a root canal you know so it's like you know, I mean, you have to try to avoid treatment. I mean, that's my philosophy. Avoid minimal treatment as much as possible. Sometimes it's unavoidable. Um, we have, sometimes we have to do right. it, but, but as much as possible, we want to avoid it. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of parallels between between what you're doing and what goodwives do. I think it is, and that's why scared. for us
3: it resonated so much. I mean, this this whole thing. It really resonated with us to be able to do this. And honestly, like, from the first visit that we had with you, Stu, and your team, and so on and so forth, and uh, you weren't there that day with no. Me, but. No. <laughs> but, but we were happy you we were there when it counted, actually. Me, too. Uh, but but um, it was just, we were both so comfortable right away, you know? Uh, when did it was you such guys a big shocker.
1: <laughs> when did you come into juice care? um it
2: was how many years, like, how many was it, it,
3: 32? April, May? what was it? So I was, no, 28. 28 weeks. So probably yeah, 28
2: weeks. 28,
3: yeah. It, and it
2: was, all this fear um, base that we're talking about, that happens even postpartum because, I mean, the care that I got postpartum, I have never had that. That was amazing. Like, you're texting me, you're texting me, making sure I'm okay. Two days later, you're at my house, making sure everything's good. I was never told to, like, I can sleep next to my baby. I mean, Bliss was amazing. She, <laughs> she, she like, showed me how to breastfeed a newborn in bed with me. I and like that. God, how did I miss out on this?
0: And then, mm-hmm. and then I just want to add that that you, I think that your other two kids went, were at the grandparents' house that night, weren't they? No, they were sleeping. No, they were oh, they were sleeping, sleeping. already? Yeah. I, I got it's so lucky. Weird. They're <laughs> sleeping right now. They're sleeping. They're sleeping. Oh, because because what was amazing about it was that, the, the you know, they live in a house in Sherman Oaks that overlooks the whole valley. Yeah,
2: it's beautiful. It's a beautiful,
0: we have a beautiful view from up here. And the baby came like within like 10 minutes after sunset. It was, it was uh, 30. Yeah. Or 20 minutes after sunset. It was just, it was perfect. The sky was still, you know. Dark and just orange. Like right now, yeah, and
2: that's why I thought it was kind of perfect. It <laughs> yeah. was exactly. Yeah, as like you say that.
0: Yeah, yeah and and it, it, it couldn't have been more beautiful. And, uh, and that picture that we have of the the tub where we're working on the yeah. tub that we yeah. used for the th- I th- I th- love promo. That yeah, I mean, even though you're <laughs> you're I'm not you're in it, you're not in it. It just but. The feeling. It, it, it was it was it was just the, 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 sky. You could see the sky out the window. You could sort of see it if you look carefully, and it was it it was so fantastic. And then you know, then the morning your kids wake up, and it's like. It was Christmas. amazing. Tell us about it. Tell us what that was like.
2: So we had already told my my daughter we were planning. She's four years old. We had planned for her to watch this whole thing, but the way it happened, I mean, she she fell asleep and. I'm kind of happy that that worked out that way, but she was prepared for it. So before she slept, I told her, when you wake up, you might have your little sister here. So when Mm -hmm. she woke up, she came in like kind of looking, and then we're like, oh my God, she's here, and she was just in heaven. My son is two, so he didn't understand as much, but he was like, he was interested for a was, second
3: and then he's like oh he <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then and then he over there, there. <laughs> you know, oh this is interesting you know boys you know, big but big. I
2: <laughs> really think this, well, of, this might have years. made it more difficult had I left for two days and yeah, come back right of I course I mean it would not have been your daughter time.
0: is old enough that she'll remember waking up and meeting her
2: yeah. oh yeah she she's four yeah and she will tell the
0: story two years to Leah. she'll tell the story of the whole thing
1: oh
2: yeah
1: and then for her now, it's like home birth is not some
2: really strange thing. She, she was—I like, had gotten her book. She was ready yeah. for the whole thing. She was ready for the sounds and the the bleeding and everything. She, and yeah, it was, and one day maybe she's gonna have a baby, and, and she's, that'll I be like, like, oh, she where are probably the won't have fear, right? Hopefully. Because I hope, yeah. Well, I had, when we
3: showed her the video, and her comment was, "I wish I was there." Aww. <laughs> oh, I wish I was there. She said well, she will have to have one more,
2: one and, more and i told more. you that i i want another one just to experience that again i swear it was just amazing
0: oh that was that yeah it was well, amazing be great. So, yeah
2: and you know that
1: you had said something a couple of minutes ago about like how did i miss that like learning to you know sleep next to my baby but the thing is that there's so many women who are missing that opportunity, and because you've had such a beautiful, positive experience, you get to share that with people. Yeah, you know, and that's when our experiences impact like it's a ripple effect. I hope know? so because yeah. I feel
2: so connected to her. I'm like, I can't even tell you, it's yeah. amazing.
1: And you, and we need to share the positive stories too. Well, you know, we hear so many like negatives that yeah. when we have. Well, good we're
2: stories. so afraid. I thought it's.
3: It's scary I, to sleep with I personally baby. think ah. that even in our circle of friends, you've, you've inspired a lot of women. I really do think so because a lot of com- the comments I've gotten just from our circle of friends, not even just at the- my office with patients is, wow, just, she is amazing. I mean, it's just, it's, it's inspiring to see because, I mean, it's one thing when you have a lot of friends or family or if you know people that have done it, but when you so- someone that is, is you have no, no, no one has any of your mm-hmm. friends that have done it. I mean it, it's it's something you're stepping out of your comfort zone so it's it takes a lot of courage
1: i was thinking too um about when you were saying what if you know like that's a question we get all the time. oh yeah like yeah. what if what if we got right? that a lot right but i was listening to my the rev that you know i listen to on sundays from my spiritual center and he was talking about what if but he was talking about the flip side like what with, if it was what if what, what if, if labor works? Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't talking about labor he yeah, was talking about life. life but what if it's great. Right. What if you take that chance and you don't let fear limit you and you have an amazing experience, right? right? And, and so I think that speaks to like when you're talking about transformation, you have these life experiences and then that lesson or that experience that you have spills over into all these other things. I places. wish I could
0: remember who said it to me, but a long time ago, some uh, a midwife, I think it was a midwife, said to me like, what if it goes right?
2: Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And it did. I love that, yeah. and I did, and I, 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 I feel like I, I hope more people get to have this experience. I really do, because it's, it, it sucks not to. Not By to. the way, if I could
0: ask people that are, that are watching, can, hi guys. Can, you, can you confirm that you're still seeing the picture? Did um, you Jamie, time? hi. How
1: did you get the things to pop up?
0: They just started popping up. I, mean, oh, I, I don't. I don't. I
2: don't, I don't
0: understand what's going on with my computer. And, <laughs>
2: okay. uh,
0: I can't quite figure it's okay, it. out. Okay, we're recording just it. Hours. Gets
2: to be a, a podcast. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um,
2: any good oh, yeah, questions so over there? Why
0: not? You? I'm on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. Anything else you want to say to uh, other people that might be listening? Um, you know, most of our people that are listening are like-minded, so we're not. We're not probably reaching a big audience of people who aren't. But. This is going to get posted on Doctor. Seuss Podcast's um, website, so it'll be there in the archives, and people can go back and look at it. Somebody mentioned that that the, some of our discussion reminds them of a blog that I had mentioned to them earlier about labor is not a toothache, which was my <laughs> <That's> which,
1: <funny. laughs> which, which is my,
0: which is my epidural talk, and how numbing up a mouth for a toothache versus you know taking fixing a tooth is not the same thing as numbing up a woman in labor, and yet. I can tell you these two physicians from the medical board today would not have understood a word I said if I talked about the you know, hormonal cocktail that a woman makes that she passes to her baby and that when you give them an epidural it shuts it down and then the baby's all by itself and disconnected from its mother. This, this would not register because you know what, ACOG didn't write about it. Yeah. So that, it's not an ACOG, I didn't find that in the ACOG uh, website.
1: And I talk about that with with my potential clients all the time. It's like, you know, when you go into a hospital, that part of it, the hormonal flood and how like you were talking about earlier, like the less you intervene, the better. And from my perspective as a midwife, that actually causes less complications, causes less issues, you know, but that part is not acknowledged in the traditional model at all. You know, the lights coming on, people coming in and out of the room, putting you in a... A different outfit like how does having the monitor beeping at you like affect you in labor you know none of that is like included in the possibility that maybe that's why your labor is dysfunctional or
2: maybe that's why you're feeling more pain or and maybe or yeah. you get scared so things stop oh, right. progressing yeah right yeah
0: right. Like, like any other mammal again the whole idea of mammalian birth is, is not taught um, in residency so it's not, it's not taught that that we are mammals and that we respond in the same way that other mammals do to stresses and to outside influences. And we would, you know, the famous meme that came out that somebody posted, one of my people that I interviewed on their podcast posted that, you know, what we do to the human female, we would never do to our dog. Mm-mm. Right? We never do those things. Do you
1: remember that video that came out at like, I don't know, it was like two years ago, and they showed, um, What would happen if you were trying to have sex in the hospital like the same way that like we try and have babies like you remember that one yeah and
0: there's also the (laughs) woman on the toilet yeah like
1: you know people were coming in and out and they were like evaluating Uh, and telling you what uh, position to be in and you're like uh, trying to like have sex you're like this is really not working very well yeah and there's a very short
0: youtube video which has been seen millions of times called failure to progress for
1: poop
0: and it's just a woman (laughs) who walks into the bathroom (laughs) Sits on the toilet, pulls her panties down, sits on the toilet, takes out a magazine and then like 10 seconds later in walks a nurse. Hold on.
1: I can do that.
0: Yeah. In, in walks a, a nurse and, start, and just stands there staring at her. And then her husband walks in and stands there staring at her. And the doctor walks in and starts to pull on rubber gloves and stands there staring at her. And then the poor little thing just sort of looks up at the camera and goes, that's it like how do you how do you expect someone to take a poop or to deliver a baby when you have people staring at them Mm -hmm. right
2: they didn't understand that today
0: they said so when she's laboring you're you're in the room watching her and i said no i'm on the couch with my headphones (laughs) i even talked about my dr stew on the couch package thing
3: they they don't they don't yeah they just don't get it this time you were actually sitting outside for a while. Right? We we were. Were. You guys are, I'm like, you we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except we, we, we don't drink when we're on. When of we're course, working. of course. You said later we will, and we are now.
1: Yes, many, many weeks social later. Social drinking, cheers, by the cheers. way.
0: Social drinking. Not heavy drinking. Social drinking.
2: <laughs> well, I was asked that question. But then,
1: oh. oh. You wow. know what I was thinking? You know, so often we talk about, you know, you're talking about these doctors that were like evaluating what you do and don't have any understanding about it. Like, we often say, you know as part of the residency and part of becoming an obstetrician, you should have to go and see what it's yes. like at a home birth to understand because there's so many judgments about what we do um i was just thinking we should we should film one film one what a birth a home birth well
0: there's plenty of home births but i mean intentionally
1: to show as a clinical thing right. like here's what's happening not just the delivery but like I mean, do a documentary well, like, yeah, yeah like the labor and like and then talk about like why are we sitting outside watching the sunset while this woman is laboring? Like, what's the point of this? You know what I mean? Like, like what the whole mindset around it that would help them understand a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I mean, if people listen to all 169 Dr. Stu's podcasts, they
1: get,
0: get a good maybe a 30 minute. <laughs> they get a good view. Might be a little
1: better. Right.
0: Yeah, I had a nice, by the way, I had a really nice uh, Zoom meeting with my cousins last night. All the first, co- well, as many as we could get, all the first cousins, which are my, my my dad's brothers and sisters' children. We were on Zoom last night. Nice. Yeah, from Florida, East Coast, Minnesota, Berkeley, wow. L.A., um, Chicago, all over the place. We were we were we were on. And some of them I haven't seen in a decade, and it was really nice. So there is this thing about Zoom that has really been a really good thing. There's some real pluses uh, to COVID. To <laughs> one is we're finding that there's 30% less SIDS deaths, which we might have mentioned briefly. No, last but time. we
1: mentioned less um, premature Pre-term labors. Mm-hmm.
0: But I've also heard that there's less SIDS deaths during this period of time. And why do you think that might be?
2: More people sleeping with their babies.
0: <laughs> what, are, what, are, what are women less not routinely on. doing with their children right now?
3: Going to, so going doctor, to the
0: doctor, pediatrician. And what do routinely people go to the pediatrician for? Vaccines. Vaccines. Now, can we say for 100% certainty? No. But it's certainly worth looking into. I'll
1: tell you what, I bet you um, inductions are up like 85%. I don't know that, yeah. Well, I'll tell Probably. you the doulas are reporting that almost all of their clients are yep. getting induced and that 50% of their clients are Within having c Right, so why,
0: because are Why? Why?
1: because out. the doulas are not there.
0: Oh, uh, because the are. They right.
1: won't let the doulas back in.
0: And right? then and so, and then some hospitals are not letting the yeah. husband into the operating room. Yeah, we heard that. That was And hard. then I also heard and again this, and fear. this one blew me away because I can't even imagine but um maternal fetal medicine doctors are not letting the husbands come or the or the siblings come to a 20 week ultrasound.
1: No, that's why some, some of my clients have switched into my care.
0: Well, and that's why some of the I'm getting a lot of twenty yeah. week ultrasounds now because somehow along the way medicine decided that children and husbands are not essential. Can you imagine denying a father the bonding of a twenty week ultrasound or the bonding of being in the operating room when his wife's having a C-section, of hearing his baby's first cry or the, and saying it's not essential.
1: Well, look at way back when yeah, Docs, dads weren't in the room. Yeah. Yeah, but had,
0: yeah, but we didn't. We had no clue about that. Then.
1: Yeah,
2: right. Get it. But yeah. now
0: we know. And also, it's just it's just—it's essentially saying that, that it's saying that fathers are right. Are are like I use the word not essential.
2: Yeah.
3: Right. Well, from my perspective, I mean, I'm not sure how much of a difference my you have to speak to what my me being there, how much of a difference it makes for you. But for myself. It makes such it was, it was it's a life changing experience for me to be yeah. there because and it's it's such an amazing thing that I would feel like I'd be robbed of, I would and of, and, you, and look there. what you got to see the power that you got to see of your oh life. yeah yeah and and it's I literally would be it's just like you'd be robbed of that uh, and it's so sad I mean but we bear witness to it all the time I mean it, and I as a male I mean I have to
0: say that 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 you know sometimes I don't in my own personal life socially. <laughs> Doesn't always work out so well, but the but it's women are awesome. They're awesome. They can't do things. They can't do things I mean, they do things that there's no way we know that, that men could ever do. And it's true. And the, you know, t- even today, the the external version that I tried, not one peep or complaint. Cause she knew that, that, that I we were I was doing my best and that that it was for a good cause and even though it didn't work. It, she, it, it was really uncomfortable I'm sure that she's if she's listening right now you know those are those finger marks will go away <laughs> I cut my nails really short I told her I cut my nails really short this morning so it what make is turn. she gonna do now what's her plan
1: since well the baby didn't okay turn? it's a good question
0: she's gonna I told her to meet with Barry Brock and meet with uh, Terry Cole Who's
1: Terry, Terry Cole's a
0: breach doctor in Ventura County Oh, okay all right but she doesn't want a hospital birth. She's been with, with uh, midwife Robin for the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's going to hope that she goes to 40 weeks. Because you'll be back. Because I'll be back. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So I have, I, you know, I, I have one letter that I want to read because I'd love you guys to hear. This is a classic kind of letter that I get daily, but I want to read it into the record. So, with your permission, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Okay. It's my podcast. So we so, well, your name's on the podcast. this, is, this is from Jennifer in Green, in Greenville South Carolina okay. hi
1: Jennifer
0: I've heard you on multiple podcasts and I'm trying to find some answers about my twin pregnancy that I have not been able to get from my OB or MFM I'm currently 37 weeks pregnant this was written this past week so she's 37 38 weeks pregnant. both twins are head down' you're, this is gonna really get annoying for you because you're gonna know what I'm talking about. From the very start of the pregnancy, the, both the OB and the maternal-fetal medicine have firmly stated they won't allow me to go past 38 weeks. Allow, that word. Something I don't really agree with, and but something I've come to terms with, as I haven't found a practice nearby that would allow full term. I've also, by the way, and we've gone over this on the podcast before about the numbers going from 99.93 percent chance of not having a stillbirth at 36, 37 weeks to 99.54% chance of not having it at 40 weeks. You determine what the difference is. Right?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: per, three, per tha- three per thousand, it's, it's whatever Very want. Okay. I've also been told that I'm a good candidate for vaginal delivery as my first child was a vaginal delivery at 41 weeks. So now we have a multiple with head down, head down twins. Okay, what's my success rate with that? all right, at home. Today, the OB told me inducing a twin pregnancy was too risky to consider, and to my shock, scheduled a C-section for next week. He did not go into specifics on why inducing was risky, but was insistent that C-section is the best course of action at this point, okay? Vertex-vertex twins, die-die twins in a multip, and a C-section is the best course of action. And this is the standard of care yes. around the country, Yes. okay? This is the first I've ever heard that inducing a twin pregnancy was risky, and I've had trouble finding any information about this online. Do you have any thoughts on this topic? Well, yeah, of course I, <laughs> I, do. I, do. I do. Maybe,
1: Induction's not
0: ideal either, but I feel I would definitely prefer that over a C-section. I tried reaching out to the MFM and was told that they have nothing to do with the decision to induce versus to have a C-section, That was completely up to the OB, okay? Thanks for reading. Keep up the good work, all right? So I wrote her back. Dear Jennifer, it's my standard, in my standard Dr. Stu bluntness, just about everything you report your doctor saying is to be kind skewed. Less kind would be to to say bullshit, right? The going past 38 week thing is based on a rising relative risk of stillbirth. Doctors that are dogmatic on that clearly do not know the actual risk, nor are they interested in offering you informed consent and refusal as part of the decision-making process. If you have no other medical issues, the risk of stillbirth with twins is about 7 per 10,000 at 36 weeks. Which is what? 99.93% chance it's not going to happen.
1: Like that. Okay.
0: That's a pretty good answer. And it's it's 46 per 10,000 at 40 weeks. Which is a seven-fold increase in relative risk, but it also means that there's a 99.54% uh, chance of it not happening at 40 weeks. Okay, this is from a good this is from good OB literature from the American Journal of OBGYN in 2015. All right, so if you give somebody a 99.54% chance of something bad not happening, some people will say, "Well, a half of one percent is I don't want to take that risk." Mm-hmm. And other people will say, well, half of 1% is like really not a risk that I want to take because you haven't told me the risk of induction or the risk of just having a Mm C-section. Then you are a multip with a previous vaginal birth makes the likelihood of success from spontaneous labor or induction extremely high. Induction, when when, when actually indicated, is quite safe and successful in multiparous moms. Multiparous is a woman who's already had at least one baby. Currently, from what you describe, you have no indication to interfere with your pregnancy. A scheduled C-section in your circumstances is not only not indicated, but it's medically negligent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't have any problems, yeah, I'm blunt.
2: <laughs> Thank gosh, right. that's what we love about you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> in my opinion, your maternal fetal medicine doctor is being a coward in refusing to state an opinion on mode of delivery. He or she doesn't want to upset the referring doctor by offering a more honest and evidence-based approach because if the MFM had agreed with the doctor, he would have said so. So when he says to her that I have nothing to do with the decision to induce versus have a C-section, basically he's saying that I don't agree with what this guy's saying, but I'm going to hands off, keep my my distance Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to piss off his referral base. You know, as a as a physician, you know you or a dentist. You somebody wants you to as a consultant. If they're sending someone to you, it's really hard. It's not ethically hard, but it's financially hard to say. Well, you know, the guy that sent you to me sends me a lot of people, but he's wrong. You know, you're not going to say that. It's really hard to say that. This, the reality really sucks is you are sort of stuck with your practitioner who seemingly isn't confident with twins. If you could sign, find someone else that would be that would be best, even a second of independent opinion besides mine. If that isn't an option, I would politely refuse these recommendations and await labor, unless he can justify to your satisfaction why intervention is truly necessary. Ultimately, the choice should belong to the well-informed client. Sadly, your story crosses my desk every day. And I said, P.S. May I share your email with anonymity? Whoops, I forgot anonymity. <laughs> well, I didn't give a last name. Anyway. Sorry, Jennifer. Uh, and an upcoming, there's got to be a lot of Jennifers. In, I think there's a few Jennifers.
1: <laughs> Do you remember um, it, the I, mom that we had that you came and did a vacuum on who had the 10 pound baby? Yes. Oh. Yeah. So
0: she. By the way, there's been more than one person I've come down with a vacuum me on though. with a 10 pound baby. With me, though. Right.
1: Her sister <laughs> had twins and had a cesarean the first time. So it was a VBAC with twins, and they scheduled her C-section. And she just told me, she's like, I just let them schedule it. And then I called them and said, I'm not (laughs) coming today, by the way. And she advocated for herself, and just kept saying no, and ended up having her twins vaginally. So sometimes, unfortunately- You have to do that, but
0: unfortunately it puts you in a position of dealing with a doctor who clearly isn't comfortable with a twin pregnancy. Any doctor who's comfortable with a twin pregnancy would consider Jennifer to be a dream.
1: Yeah, but a how many out are head there? with head-down, head-down twins? How many are there out there? Even with we with vertex, vertex? I don't know. There's
0: probably more than we think, but they're
3: just not speaking up.
1: Speak up. We right. want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: It's well, horrible. It was, it
3: was kind of similar when uh, she was going to switch to you from her regular, from the other OB that, was, that she was with. It was kind of a you know, you was, want to mention any names? I can mention names. We
2: won't mention names, but, but there was I'll just say that they that. I didn't get that. Okay, try this, and hey, if you need anything, call me. No. No, no not, only did, not, not
0: only did you not get that, you got you got a phone call sort of scolding you.
3: Yeah, and I felt like... two phone calls.
2: There was, there was a lot of, like, trying to make me fearful and make sure that I don't do this. And I honestly felt really like, shoot, like...
3: She came to me and she's like, she's like she made, it made her doubt it. I mean, for a second, maybe we shouldn't be. I'm like, just trust yourself. So, you know, by know. the way,
0: I don't think, I, I would hope that it, that person is completely out of your consciousness. But any chance that you call you their think? office?
2: <laughs> and tell them? No.
0: You didn't call their office?
2: No. Okay. Of course yeah. not. So, forgot, but that you had a, a successful, successful... Yeah, that they had a normal
0: vaginal delivery and a beautiful experience and yeah. life-transforming experience. It really and,
2: was. And, I mean, yeah, and, sometimes I, I would have really like missed out on this. That. That. Oh, that's oh this won't make any difference with this guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
0: You're right. I had yeah. a back it's, well, it's, it's, well, it's a well-known I, behavior I, I pattern with this person. So we've talked about it. Yeah. It's too bad
2: because I feel like if anyone has the desire to do something like this, just find a team that you're comfortable with and do it because it's changed my life, it's changed my being, I feel empowered, I feel so lucky to have gone through this, yeah, I wow. really do. It, it was amazing. My
1: birth experience is what had me become an advocate. Like I long before I was a midwife, I was an advocate and I just talked about it a lot with people. And so I hope that you'll continue to just share that with people because it really does make a difference like you were saying for people to see someone they're like oh she's not crazy she doesn't she's not like a hippie you know she's yeah. just a regular woman who's successful and you know you're a pharmacist like yeah. that helps some people be able to say like oh this isn't a totally wacky thing so i hope you'll continue to oh, for
2: share sure. with people for sure,
3: I yeah I sure am I'm doing it every day. I know. Sorry. I love it. Is there any, any comments
2: there? No. There? I mean, are just, gonna, I was just gonna, sharing what? with each other. Okay.
0: So uh, I was going to just add that that um, the success rates for women who've already had at least one vaginal delivery in the home setting is what, 99%? percent mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like
2: 1% of the time we actually need to go yeah. to
0: the hospital. And, and it's usually it's for a that, postpartum issue. Anyway, I felt
2: but, like comfortable that, okay, you guys are on it. If there's something that goes wrong, well, for sure. Well, there's a second chance. Yeah. so Right. Um, and really, it's
0: not like we're not, you know, it's not like we're not trained to deal with certain things. I mean, this is why you go to training. You like know. today. Quite frankly, a lot of OBs who don't offer these sorts of options, I, I sort of wonder, well, why did you go to all this training? I mean, you're making a good living and that's fine, but you can't, you, you must have cognitive dissonance. You must go home at night and you must think that you're doing a good job because no one goes home at night and says to their spouse, honey, guess what? I did two unnecessary C-sections today.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But yet we know that half of all the C-sections done in the country are probably unnecessary. More than that. Well, even if you take the World Health Organization data and you say 15%, yeah, 10 to 15%, let's just say 15%. Well, we have a 30 plus percent C-section rate in the United States.
1: I'm going to keep saying five. Five okay. percent. Well, 1970,
0: it was five percent. Yeah. Yeah. What's changed? Human beings? No. No.
3: no. <laughs> I mean, our mental state. No, yeah. no.
0: What's changed is continuous uh, continuing monitoring and, and freedom. And, the freedom and fear. Medical fear. And fear. Yeah. That's right.
3: cultural and social, fear. Yeah, cultural I mean, fear, look
0: at what's media. happening right now right. With, with, with COVID. COVID right. And,
1: and you know, we're even even the most natural people in the world are, are, you know, completely fearful about this. It's just a cultural thing that we are having to deal with and I know. it's not getting better.
3: Unfortunately, fear is, is the number one most limiting factor in life, you know, and- um, It's a horrible way to go through life. Yeah. You're I not know. living when you're living in fear. That's right. not uh, living. And, and unfortunately we're living in a time where it's being almost encouraged to be fearful, mm-hmm. uh, and so many people... Yeah, that's a way to manipulate people, I sure. mean, I'm, I'm a dentist, so I know about fear, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Nobody likes you. I know, exactly. Aww. That's why we sedate people. I like you. No, I don't take it personally. You know how many uh, Nobody likes a dentist. Too, right? How many Aww. people come into my office and say, don't take this personally, I, I yeah, swear. Right, 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 right. Don't take it personally, but I hate going to the dentist. Oh,
0: well, we got time, because I have a dentist thing that I... You know,
3: I think I might
0: have talked to you about this. About when I get when I get a I get a, a patient that calls me and says my dentist needs a note oh. that says it's okay for me to have a, 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 my tooth drilled and what antibiotics are approved. Okay, it's one of my huge pet peeves. Mm-hmm. One of my friends, Nick Fogel, Nick Fogelson, wrote an article about this maybe five, seven, eight years ago. About that, we as OB doctors go to school to learn all things related to obstetrics. You go to dental school, dental school to learn all things related to dentistry. The idea that you're asked that, that there's a dentist asking me to write a note to cover his little tushy, exactly, so that he can give her lidocaine without epinephrine and also give her, you know, penicillin, and I have to write a note. Infuriates me. My, my first response to the patient when she tells me that is find another dentist.
1: But they're all like that. No, they're not all like that. They're not all like that.
0: But dentists are cowards. I mean, not all dentists. <laughs> but Thanks. A dentist, that, a dentist that does that needs to grow a pair. Okay? Because this is what you went to dental school for. All right? So, how does it help for me to write a note so that you can give, so that yeah, you know what I was
1: thinking. Funny. You just fax them a letter on your letterhead that says "grow a pair" and then yeah. sign it. <laughs> well,
0: that's what—that's what, what that's right. actually what Nick's—that's actually what Nick's letter does. And if people want to find it, they can scroll backwards several years in my blog, or you can put in—I um, think you can find it by the search engine putting in Nick Fogel, Nick, Nick or put in Fogelson or put in dentist or something like that. And hopefully, it will come up. But it's in there. He wrote it. It's brilliant. And it says that? It says grow up hair? More or less. No, more or less it does say grow up hair. Okay. Uh, so anyway, I, so you I, have, it, I, since I have had a, a chance a to vent because I got a dentist Yeah, nurse. since you had a dentist uh, here, oh, yeah. you have to vent about that.
3: I get it. I won't take it personal.
0: <laughs> no, because I don't I don't expect that you would ever do that unless there was a significant obstetrical problem. But ultimately you learned in dental school, dental school how to take care of pregnant women, didn't you?
3: You know, there's not much on
0: that.
1: There's not much about pregnant women in chiropractic, in yoga training, in dentistry. There, Everybody's afraid really of pregnant women. No. Okay. It's like a ticking well, time bomb. Pregnant <laughs> women,
0: pregnant. if they if, you know, have the same allergies or not allergies as anybody else. <laughs> so, if, if, if it's okay to give a pregnant woman, a, a non-pregnant person, penicillin for the mouth, it's okay to give a pregnant woman. The only antibiotic you don't really want to give to a pregnant woman to is, is tetracycline done. or a sulfa drug, alright? But any of the cephalosporins or any of the penicillins are fine. Lidocaine is good. Lidocaine with epinephrine, you'd prefer not to give. There. It's out there now. Everybody done.
1: Nobody else Next time care. I'm going to say watch fireside <laughs> chat number 12. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, yeah. it was
1: lovely to sit here is and it drink over? wine. I know, we went way first over. Time. Yeah, to drink wine with you guys and hear your story. I mean, we this is the first time we've ever done it. you had the good view. I didn't even get to really? watch the to send you. Yeah, we've never done You've never had guests. Well, we no, have, no, we have we guests, have, but
0: usually in the studio. We've never really yeah, gone, we've, never done uh, gone, We've never gone remote before. No. Really?
1: Yeah. 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 Their first huh? remote was a, a pleasure. pleasure. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah
0: Right, I think we're going to make this our regular podcast location. Now.
2: Right, we're just right come I over we're, Friday night. Yeah. I right around seven o'clock. Provide right right
0: wine and cheese the Are you guys. Yes, right yeah, we can actually rename it. We can name it the Wine and Cheese Hour. Sure, that's what I'm going to call this one. I'm going to call it the mean? Wine and Cheese Hour. Except I, I've been watching the cheese the entire hour. I didn't want to eat while I was podcasting. Well, I
2: didn't know that we're going to be. Um
0: Live. I, so
2: I, I thought we would munch. <laughs> You're perfect. Right. I'm munching. I don't care at all. <laughs> you can just eat.
0: Okay, so let me just sign off and say this has been Dr. Stu's podcast, uh fireside chat number twelve. Hopefully sooner or later we'll be back in the studio with our producer John. <laughs> you keep so, okay. What?
1: You can't I like I like hold, I like hold, I like
0: holding like hold the microphone. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna get you my mic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just like I sort of like holding the mic. Yeah,
1: it makes you
0: and you, know, uh, you can find us at birthinginstincts.com. You can find me there. You can find it at birthingblissbudwifery.com, right? Yep. And oh, birthingbliss.com. Uh, birthingbliss.com. And your email is? Because you changed Bliss
1: it. Bliss at birthingbliss.com. But I
0: still have birthingbliss at hotmail.com. I know, on my, but I finally updated
1: it. What up happens
0: bit. to birthingbliss at hotmail.com mail? It. it. still gets it. Okay, good. <laughs> and then I'm at askdrstu at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-D-R-S-T-U at gmail.com. Like Jennifer who sent us a really nice letter and I hope that she figured it out. Jennifer, if you're actually listening, please send me a follow up and let me know what you ended up deciding to do because I'm sure that people who are listening would like to know that as would I. And uh, we know that as always, you have a, uh, a lot of things that you could be doing with an hour of your time. There's so many podcasts, there's so many Netflix things. You could be hanging with your sweetheart. You could be putting your kids in bed or homeschooling or doing whatever you're doing. But to spend an hour with us Once a week, we're honored. So uh, thanks very much. We'll see you close. Yeah, we're on vacation. Yeah. Thank you guys.
1: Bye Bye, you
2: guys.